Hi, this is Ben Zorns with Ellerslie Mission Society. This is part three of a three-part message given by Pastor Eric Ludy at the church at Ellerslie in lovely Windsor, Colorado. It is our hope and prayer that this message would convict, inspire, and invigorate your pursuit of the Lord Jesus Christ. We also want you to know that should you ever have any questions or comments regarding any of the ministries here at Ellerslie, we are always happy to provide answers and receive feedback. Simply contact us at info at ellerslie.com or give us a call at 970-686-9022. We really would love to hear from you. Enjoy the message and may your faith and love in Jesus grow larger as you listen. Now here's Pastor Eric Ludy. Session three, the crinkle. Well, you know what a crinkle is now, don't you? It's the evidence that begins to showcase itself in our life the promises of God are indeed true. All it does, you see, when you have faith, you know what you prove? God is faithful. God grows faith when faith is exercised. You see, when Karen believes the word and then gets the crinkle, what happens to her faith next time she hears the word? She believes it all the more. Her faith grows. You know that your faith will not grow if you do not put it to practice and begin to believe the word. It's not called faith. It's called oligopistos, which is teeny small faith or little faith, which isn't actually a functional faith. So the crinkle, because God promised and he cannot lie. What's your position? Oh, what a great place to be. Reasoning like a Christian. So, oh, here it is again, so I get to ask it again. What is your position? Where he goes, you go. It's a principle of scripture, which I don't have time to go into it a great deal. But just like in Adam, I was in Adam way back then. What he was doing, I was doing. The same is true of Jesus Christ. What he did 2,000 years ago, I, in a sense, was doing. When I believed in him, I entered into him, and I was born anew in Christ Jesus. I, I know, it's quite extraordinary and a little flabbergasting to even wrap your mind around it. However, that's the spiritual principle. So where he goes, you go. Now say I got on a plane and it was headed to Miami. Where would I go? See, you believe in the same truth. Now imagine I get in a plane and it goes to North Korea. Where would I go? North Korea, whether I'd be allowed in at the border, I'm not exactly sure. Say it goes to Perth, Australia. Where would I go? You see, you don't have any problem with that. When you are in something, you go with it where it goes. The same is true with Jesus Christ. Let me remind myself of what you guys believe. What is your position? Jesus Christ. Huh. Okay, so that means where Christ goes, you go. So where did he go? The way to the Father. You know that Jesus is called the way, and he's called the way to the Father. So from the cross to the grave, from the grave into the sky. Uh, Lord, we lift your name on high. <laughs> Now, we're on a flight to the Father, to the throne room of grace. That's where Jesus takes us. That's where he's headed. But on the way, there's a few stopovers. So we enter into Christ, into his amazing, perfect, spotless life. And where does he take us? Well, there's a few uh, layovers on the grand journey. So it wasn't a direct flight. The first stop, the cross. When Jesus went to the cross, did you know that he took you with him? So what does Paul say? I am crucified with Christ. Doesn't that sound strange? It's like, Paul, you were not crucified with Christ. There were two sinners next to him, but you weren't there. He was there. How was he there? By faith in his word. 
By faith in Christ. One of the ways that we say it here at Ellerslie, very simply, how was he there in Christ? You know, by faith in his word, what that means? That means in Christ. Jesus is the word of God. So when we put our confidence in the word of God, we're putting our confidence in the work of Christ because that's what the word of God points to. So I am crucified with Christ. I know you may not feel like you were there at Calvary 2,000 years ago. However, if you are in Christ, his death was your death. You know that as long as you remain alive, you are in covenant with death. The only way to be severed from the covenant with death is death. And yet you're still very much alive. But when you enter into, by faith into Jesus Christ, you die with him. And your old man, your old life is indeed crucified. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. The gospel. Did you know that when you believe in Christ, you are entering into his work? Didn't you crawl in through that opening in his side? Didn't you enter into his heart? When you enter into Christ, when you believe in him, you are secured and that work is his work. And the wrath of God has already been satiated. The judgment has already been pacified. It is an atoning sacrifice. You are in a vehicle that only goes up. Know you not that so many of us as were baptized, remember what that means to be put into or immersed into Jesus Christ, were also baptized or immersed or put into his death? Didn't you know that when you entered into Christ, you you entered into his death? His death is your death. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. You see, I was crucified with Christ. When he died, I was crucified to this world. My own life was separated from me. It was a circumcision that was not made with human hands, but was made by Jesus Christ. He did it. It was a circumcision, a cutting off, a removal that was accomplished at the cross. I am crucified with Christ. That's one of the greatest truths you could ever try and wrap your mind around. So here's what I would say. If you were sitting in front of me, I'd say, so, what happened at the cross? Here's a good way of saying it. This is how I would say it. Old Eric died. Old Eric is, in fact, past tense, dead. I know you may have talked with your old version of yourself just earlier today or maybe even during the service when you were getting mad at me for saying certain things. However, I want you to reckon your old man dead because that's what the Bible says. Your old man actually has no life. You are not subservient to gravity anymore. You're in a plane. So no longer play the game of gravity. Live according to the new law. It's called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Uh Uh-huh. That's where you live. So reckon the truth. I go around. If I have a small group, I'll say, anyone want to say it? We don't have time in here, unfortunately. And they'll go around and say, yeah, old Eric is dead. Old Steve is dead. Old Terrence is dead. You go around and you make the declaration. You reckon it true. I have bottled water. How? By faith. Faith in what? His word. I am dead indeed unto sin. My old man has been circumcised, cut off and removed from me. How, Eric? By faith in his word. By faith in his work. By faith in his promise. He has done it. Likewise, this is what it says in Romans 6. Likewise, reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Take it to your account. It's done. It's accomplished. Do you know that in your case? The second stop, the grave. 
I was buried with him, and now my old life is no longer visible. See, when you're buried, it's put under. It's no longer seen. It's buried. And yet, what also happened at the grave? The stone rolled away. Your old life is discarded, but a new man rises. You know, every single one of us in here that's a Christian, a serious Christian, wants new life. We want resurrection power. We want the living, breathing Christianity. And guess what? You can't drum it up in your own pockets. Can you deal with your old man and your of yourself? No. Many of us have tried to put our old man down. We can't. Can you bring yourself to life, resurrection life, in your own pockets? No. But I'm here to tell you, God has made a way. And in the person of Christ, you have his death and you have his life. His life is your life. Reckon it yours. Claim it in your account. I have life. I'm not asking you if you feel life. I'm not asking you if you feel like jumping. I'm saying, do you have it? Mary yet didn't have the drink of water, and yet she believed it by faith in the word. And what did she have very soon following? She had the living water, well, the bottled water going down her throat. In our case, we have the substance of Christianity. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Okay, listen. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. You see, you enter into Christ, and Christ enters into you. When you come to Christ by faith, his death becomes your death. But then his life becomes your life. And the life which I now live in this body, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is what it says. This is a command, by the way. Likewise, reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Listen. But alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You are commanded to reckon yourself alive. Take it to your account. Do you have it in your own pockets? No, I don't feel alive. But do you have it? Are you alive? I am. I am alive. I am alive! Say it. Preach it. Confess it. Why? Highest heaven, lowest hell. Reckon it yours. Start walking it. Faith follows fact. And what happens? Experience will begin to line up. You really are, in fact, alive. Emotion and feeling and experience will follow you following faith. You mu- in fact, you must follow the promise. You must follow the word of God. That is the secret to working Christianity. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, this is one of the most exciting scriptures in the Bible, he is, in fact, in truth, a new creature. So what's your position? So, are you a new creature or not? Yes. I'm not asking if you feel like a new creature. I'm saying, are you in Christ? And you say, yes. All right. That's fact. It cannot lie. You are indeed a new creature. Old things are passed away. You don't need to make them go away. They're passed away. You no longer are subservient to them. You are no longer under their control. Behold, all things are become new. This is how we function as Christians. Faith follows fact. That's what you believe. I don't care about your experience. I don't want to listen to your experience. I want to heed as the church of Jesus Christ what the word of God says. Present and yield is Paul's next thing. We're walking through Romans 6. We're just doing it in a funny way. Romans 6, is Paul's saying this, no, you not. Do you not understand this? Do you not realize that when he died, you died? Don't you realize that when he rose again, you rose again? Reckon it. Reckon it. And while you're doing it, present and yield this body unto him so that he can dwell within it. See, when you turn over your body to Jesus Christ, say, old man dead. It's old management that is dead. 
You need new management. And you're not that management. Jesus is. So present and yield your body unto Jesus Christ. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own, for you are bought with a price? Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. It's an amazing thing, but there will be people at the very beginning of me sharing the gospel with them that will say, you're not going to tell me to give up things to Jesus, are you? So let's just take one step at a time. You see, what we have is we have an old man that is talking and saying, don't give over your body, Ludi. Don't let this Jesus have it. But you know what happens when you come to the cross and you believe in Jesus? Old man dead. So now who's telling me what to do? What did you say, Jesus? You say, give my life to you? This voice, the volume is turned down. What happens when you enter into a plane? No longer does the law of gravity keep pressing you down. Now suddenly you can begin to reason as someone who can fly. And you begin to say, whoa, God wants me to present and yield my body. Sure. It's like a knife through soft butter as opposed to whatever it was before, which is a scrap and a wrestling match, saying, no! Old man is indeed dead. New man, alive. So present and yield your body. You know, one of the ways that we prove the old man dead is by saying, yes, sir. That's how we prove the old man is dead, because I tell you what, we do not give up our lives to God quickly. When we're trying to do it in our strength, it's a wrestling match. But when we do it in the power of the Spirit because the old man is dead, okay, God take what is rightfully yours. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That's the term of present and yield, the same Greek word. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Watch my life and you will see what God intends to do with a human. Because my life is no longer my own. It was bought with a price. The one who lives inside of it is Jesus Christ. How did he get in there? Well, all I did is turn and believe. I entered into Christ and my old man was crucified. He was dealt with. And now I am open and available to new management to come in and operate this body the way it ought to be. And now I can prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Neither yield ye your members, that's the word for present and yield, as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. The third stop. Do you know that Jesus isn't done? He's on a journey. Where is he going? The way to the Father. He's going to that throne. Remember that throne we were talking about, that impossible and unapproachable place that none of us is able to enter? Jesus is saying, look, I didn't come just for, you know, kicks and giggles. I came to rescue you. He died, he suffered dearly so that he could make a way for you to enter in to the heart of God. And when as a little child you climb into Christ and say it is here, it is in this vehicle of salvation, in this vehicle alone that I will find my salvation, we have indeed found salvation. And now where does he take us? He takes us to the throne room of grace where everything that God is is made available to us. Not because we deserve it, but because he deserves it. Christianity hinges upon what he deserves and what he is worthy of, not of what we're worthy of. If we're looking at Christianity of what we're worthy of, every one of us is on the outs. Our faith is in what he is worthy of. So the third stop. Where does Jesus sit right now? Have you ever read that? He sits at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. So... I don't know if you find this a little awkward, but if I were to tell you that the Bible is saying that if you're in Christ, what's your position, by the way? 
If you're in Christ, then you are seated in heavenly places. Now, if I were to ask you, where are you seated right now? That would be a hard one for you. Because like, what do you mean by that? Because, Eric, I'm seated in a chapel, but I don't want to answer wrong. You see, you're physically here. But spiritually, you are actually where he is. Where is he physically? Physically, he is in heavenly places, seated at the right hand of the Father. His body is there. And he sends his spirit to be in your body here. Your body is here, but your spirit is in him in heavenly places. Eh, It's called the exchange. This is how Christianity works. We're called the body of Christ. His spirit dwells within us, and we do the work that he has purchased for us as he sits in his high and heavenly position, giving us the authority and bequeathing to us all the power because he has brought us near by the blood of Christ to the very throne room of grace where we may access that which we need to live this impossible life. In Ephesians 1, God, or Paul begins to build the case. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe. According to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And what did he do with Christ? He set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named and hath put all things under his feet. What's under his feet? All principality, power, might, and dominion in every name that is named is under the feet of Jesus. What's your position? You are in Christ, and you just read what his position is. The one thing the enemy doesn't want you to know is your position. If you know your position, the church is unstoppable because the enemy's defeated. Your old man no longer controls you. The spirit of God controls the body of the believer and we have all authority. Everything that is under Jesus's feet. Do you know that you're called the body of Christ, which means your foot is Christ's foot and all things are under Christ's feet. And I'm the body of Christ? That's right. What's your position? When he died, you died. Old man dead. When he was buried, you were buried. Old behavior buried no longer visible. When he resurrected, you resurrected. You are a new creature. All things are made new in Christ Jesus. And when he ascended, you ascended. You go where the plane goes. When he went up, you went up. When he took his seat, you took a seat. Where are you seated? I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And where is Jesus? He's at the right hand of the Father. Right hand? Hand of authority, power, dominion, and control. You're seated at the right hand of majesty? Ah, because of what you did? Did you earn this? No, all I did was crawl in. All I did was believe. That's right, that's all you did. He did the work. So here's Ephesians 2, the great, amazing statement. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us or made us alive together with Christ. By grace you are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places. Where? In Christ Jesus. You see, when you're in Christ Jesus, you are where he is. And you are now seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The great confession of faith is, my old man is dead. Because I'm in Christ and his work on the cross is my work. 
And when he was buried, I was buried. And now my old behavior is now no longer visible to this world, but a new behavior can be seen because when he resurrected, I resurrected. And I am a new man in Christ Jesus. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And where he is seated, even to this day, I am seated with him in heavenly places. I'm at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus. All things are under his feet. And therefore, all things are under my feet. I will tremble before no man. I will tremble before no demon because they are defeated. The foe of Christ Jesus is defeated and I can move now in the love of Christ, in the joy of Christ, in the peace of Christ to live this life on this earth to demonstrate the purposes of Christ, the glory of Christ. I am his chosen vessel and it's the most odd thing I could ever think of that he would choose me to do it. But he hasn't just chosen me, he's also chosen you. And together we form what is known as the body of Christ. And we together will reveal the manifold wisdom of God unto the heavenlies. Behold the gospel of Jesus Christ. He has done it. And he will continue to do it. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Have you ever seen this scripture? Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. And you're like, yeah, easier said than done. Thanks a lot, Paul. What's Paul talking about? You know what even the context is of this? Did you not know that his death is your death? Did you not know that his life is your life? Do you not realize where you're seated? So if you know that, let not sin have control over this body anymore. You are ruled by righteousness. You are not ruled by sin. Do not let the devil control this body. The promises of God. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through, knowledge, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. You've been given exceeding great and precious promises. What's your position? Okay, I want you to brace yourselves for this. I know you may feel unworthy. I know these sensations very intimately. We are unworthy in that sense. We did not do what was necessary. We are made worthy in heaven because of our clothing in Christ Jesus. It's his work. But when we come to Christ, we are given exceeding great and precious promises. Listen to this. For all the promises of God in him. What's your position? So all the promises of God in Christ are yes. And in Christ are amen unto the glory of God. You don't deserve it but you have it. Before you even ask, did you know that there's already a predecided answer? God, could I? And he goes, yes. And the Holy Spirit goes, amen. Yes and amen. It's already established. You're in Christ. If you're in Christ, you have access unto the heavenly Father. And what does, the, what does Jesus say? Ask him. Ask him. He will not turn you away. Ask him. Ask him for the Holy Spirit. He delights to give you the fullness of his life. You mean I, I can ask him? Ask him. You're in me. Ask in the name of Jesus. You know how we finish our prayers? I'm praying in the name. When you sit in that high and holy position in Christ Jesus, what do you do? Father, uh, I'm in Christ, and therefore, amen. That's how you pray. You pray in that position. Our confidence. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it or finish it, bring it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. That's called promise that cannot lie. 
For those of you that there's a beginning work, I want you to know that God started that work. It wasn't you. And if he started that work, he's going to bring it to completion. Your confidence is in the word of God. You put your confidence right here. He cannot lie. I do not want you looking at your experience. God will not fail you. What he begins, he brings to completion. That's where your confidence lies. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. This is a freedom message. Because your old man is dead. You, do no, you no longer need to be subservient to him. When he asks you to do something, when he begs you to do something, you snub your nose at him. And you say, I no longer serve you. You're dead. And you turn unto Jesus Christ and you say, yes, Master. What you ask of me in this body, I will do by the power of your spirit. It's called Christianity. Reckon it yours today. Thank you so much for listening to part three of this three-part message by Pastor Eric Ludi, pastor at the church at Ellerslie in Windsor, Colorado. Please feel free to make copies of this message, but do not charge for these copies or alter their content in any way without express written permission. If you have any questions, comments, or just need more information about Ellerslie, please visit our website at www.ellerslie.com. Again, that website is www.ellerslie.com. For Ellerslie Mission Society, this is Ben Zorns, cheering you on as Christ cultivates His set-apart life within you.